Welcome to Table Pop, episode six. My name is Mitchell Tierney. I'm an author. I collect comic books and toys. Uh, my name is Jason Kotzer-Yang, and I'm a graphic designer and game designer. I stopped saying vintage toys now, because I don't really collect vintage toys much. It's mostly modern toys. Contemporary toys. Contemporary. I got some Ninja Turtle figurines recently. You may have noticed they don't say Teenage Mutant on them. Oh. Just Ninja Turtles. What's the difference between a teenage... Are they middle-aged turtles now? Have they... They are. Uh, they're, they're just... They're just ninjas. Just ninjas. Have you seen it? Is is Ninja Turtles the Michael Bay one? Yes. Okay. I don't know why they couldn't print it small. I mean, just Ninja Turtles. Yeah, I bought um, I bought April O'Neil, mm-hmm. Megan Fox, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I bought um, Raphael in Disguise. Now, have you seen it? Did you go and see it? No, I have not seen it. I, you, you, you sound keen to see it, though. Ah. Uh, no interest? Yeah. The, the little boy in me that used to love Michelangelo has died. Really? Yeah. So Michelangelo was your favorite? He was the best one. He was my favorite, but everyone talked me into Raphael. You shouldn't let them do that. <laughs> Michelangelo was the best. Um, I went and saw it last week um, with my parents. Mm-hmm. They wanted to see it in 3D. I don't like 3D, mm-hmm. but I was like, yeah, okay. And you know what? My expectations were so low mm-hmm. that I actually enjoyed it. Uh, we, would you try and convince me to go see it no (laughs) no (laughs) i'd um i'd wait for it on dvd um i'll buy it on blu-ray then you can come over and watch it okay cool now the only thing i wanted to mention about this toy raf it says raf in disguise now if you look if you watch the trailer or the early release photos look at the toy Raphael's dressed up in a trench coat he's got a hat glasses and a scarf and it kind of shows him walking around times square Mm mm-hmm in disguise of April O'Neil. Now, after I watched the movie, I was waiting for that part to come up. It never did. So what they've done is, what I think they've done is, they've done an early cut, they've released toys, and then they've cut that bit out. <laughs> so the collector in me is telling everyone, if you see that, go and buy it, because I've tried to find it again, and it's gone. Because uh, they, they won't reprint it or remake it if it's it goes not, out, because it's not in the film. It's not in the film. Interesting. I've looked up on eBay. It's not on there at all. Oh. Hmm. Um, yeah, so that's what I've been doing recently. I haven't really been playing Magic too much. I um, I bought two packs of Magic cards the other day. Cost me $14 for two packs. Had nothing in them. Kind of figured maybe it's not really worth it. Maybe I should, if I want a card, just buy it on eBay or go to the comic book store and buy it. Oh, that's the collectible card model? what you've signed up for. Yeah, that's true. You're, you're in it now. Yeah. But um, I haven't played a whole lot. I mean, I do want to get back into it, but hmm. that's okay. Well, this episode, um, I know I say this every time, this is my favorite, but this is about Star Wars. And it, it is definitely one of my favorite um, films of all time, mm-hmm. if you don't count the first couple, or the, Phantom Menace. The first chrono- chron- chronological cu- cu- couple. Yeah, that's right. So... You you're more of a Star Trek over Star Wars fan? Yeah, like I enjoy, I enjoy Star Wars. I definitely enjoy it, but it's uh, yeah, it, it is what it is. Mm. I um I've always liked Star Wars over Star Trek. I mean, I'm not I'm not going to bag out Star Trek. Mm-hmm. I know they've got a huge following, and um, I've watched a couple, you know, but Star Wars has always been the one for me. Uh, I think Star Wars is more emotionally appealing, and Star Trek is more intellectually appealing to me. I think, I think you hit the nail on the head then. There's definitely something like, you just, you know, think of 
you think of Luke and Han and you're back in a, a little place when you're, you know, 11 years old and everything is cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I try to think of what I, what appealed to me, um, when I looked at Star Wars and I just, it's just so much imagination into it. George Lucas did just an amazing job and you can go back and, and rewatch it and find out about characters. If you look at the expanded Star Wars universe, I mean, they've done comics, uh, books, you know, there's just tons and tons of stuff. So almost every character you see on screen, you can go back and research like what they are, where they've come from. Have did you have you gone far into the expanded universe, which is no longer real? <laughs> uh, as a as a kid or a teenager, I did. I mean, they had released magazines back in you know my early teens, Star Wars magazines that I used to buy, and they'd have the blueprints of lightsabers, blaster pistols, some of the ships. And I and then you'd fold them out, and they were actually blue. And I just I just couldn't believe someone had sat there for weeks trying to figure out the ins and outs and how all like the engines. And I just could not believe how much work had gone into it. And I just I just loved it. I mean, there is a lightsaber behind me. That is. Um, can you guess what what who that belongs to? Uh, Luke. Nope. Han. Han doesn't have a lightsaber. <laughs> Um, that, that was a joke. That, was a joke. that, that is Qui-Gon Jinn's lightsaber. Oh. So when Phantom Menace came out, you know, very, very excited. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't get a Darth Maul double, double-sided lightsaber. Mm-hmm. They were just so rare. Had to buy a Qui-Gon Jinn one. And it, it used to light up and make a noise. And that's what I used when I lived at home mm-hmm. as my torch to get around in the dark. And for doing cool moves in your garage? Yes. I, I was doing that way before Big Bang Theory did it. Um, mm-hmm. I know... Everyone probably knows that Star Wars was sold to Disney recently, in the last couple of years. And I had gone to Disneyland last year and saw the um, kind of effects of Disney now owning Star Wars. Mm-hmm. I have Mickey ears that are R2-D2. And, and there were, they sold toys that were a cross between Disney characters dressed up as Star Wars characters. And a, a piece of me died just a little piece fell away to ash it just it it didn't seem okay to do that but i kind of forgave them because i know they're gonna revamp it jj abrams was come in it was already started filming seven i know there's about five movies in the works we're gonna get one after the other for the next five five years are you excited about the new ones I'm uh, trepidatious. I'm, I'm, I, I want to be excited. You do? Yeah, I, I do want to be excited, but a terrible thing could happen. Like what? Like the like, movies will be bad. Nah, it can't be bad. Did I you like bad. Abrams' Star Trek? Yeah, I really did. I really enjoyed it. Um, and I really enjoyed Star Trek Into Darkness as well. Um, I think a lot of other people didn't like it quite as much. Um, but I did. I, I quite like the fan service in it. Uh, not Japanese fan service, other fan service. What's fan service? Um, so fan service is just, you know, those little kind of hints to fans about the original series and, you know, like little in-jokes and stuff, whereas Japanese fan service is when you have stuff in in anime and you can see girls' panties and whatnot. Oh. <laughs> is that a thing? Yeah, yeah. So you, you're, you're, you're servicing the fans. Wow. I just winked at Mitch. Yeah, he did. Um, that's all right. I looked away quickly. Um, well, I... I thought the new Star Trek movies were um, had more action in them, 
Would you say that? Than previous? No? Uh, they, they had action. Well, they had action. They also had a lot of talking and a lot of exposition and politicking. And yeah. The action didn't mean quite as much as it did in the previous movies. Like, one of the really fantastic things and the really engaging things about the Star Wars movies is that it really is kind of like the the story of, of Luke. Yep. Like, it, it, it his, his, you know, hero's journey, like, yeah. his thing about, you know, like, learning the Force and, you know, becoming a cool guy. And even though, like, Return of the Jedi is kind of the dorkiest movie, it, it is also, like, the one that, like, appeals to me as, like, you know, an awkward young nerd about finally, you know, going through all those years where everyone's, you know, calling you a dork and whatever, and then finally you're a cool Jedi. Yeah, I mean, if you look at New Hope, he's dressed in white, he's got shaggy hair, he's whinging about yeah. fixing... Power converters. M- yeah, moisture evaporators, you know, he's a bit of a wet blanket. And then you fast forward and you go to Jedi and you look at him at the end, dressed in black, he's got one hand, mm. can wield a lightsaber, he's kicking, I mean, he's a badass towards yeah. the end. yeah. And, yeah, you can watch that progress where he meets Yoda, et cetera, and, tra- and trains. But, you know, the movies do gloss over probably years of mm-hmm. him training and doing a lot of stuff. And you can go back and get the books and find out what happens. And there's not that in the prequels, which is kind of disappointing. It, it's it. They do feel like prequels. They do feel like they're t- telling the story that's going to come rather than being their own story. Yeah. And, and you can watch how... You can you can watch how Anakin like Anakin evolves to Darth Vader, but that's not really the hero's journey you want to no, go on. No, you, and that's kind of half of the film anyway. And you know what? You know that he's going to become Darth Vader, so mm. you're just waiting for it to happen. And then when it is executed, I felt a bit like oh, okay, you know, he falls in lava and all his limbs are missing. And um, yeah, you can watch if if you do watch close. I mean, you don't even have to watch closely, but even the outfits will slowly morph into New Hope sort of opening scene. So they they kind of progress. He gets oily and oilier hair. Yeah. He's really... Whatever happened to him? Uh, Hayden Christensen? Yeah. I know he did a couple movies, but anyway, who cares? What I have here is I have a little quiz for Jason Mm -hmm. because I know he's such a huge Star Wars fan. Medium Star Wars Medium. Fan. Medium. Okay. Out of ten, I'd say I'm a ten. You may be a six. Yeah, six and a half, seven. Six and a half. I, I, I do generally enjoy it. Yeah, okay. But I, I, I'm, I haven't, you know, rewatched them a dozen times, maybe half a dozen. I was looking at the, the Blu-ray box set at JB Hi-Fi mm-hmm. um, only a couple of days ago. Mm-hmm. It's about $100 mm-hmm. for six movies on Blu-ray. But uh, Greedo shoots first? Um, I think... I'm not. Uh, yeah, I think he. I think he does in these ones. I know there was talk of untampered copies, and he's only released it once. Yeah, many years ago, as a one-off. I don't know what his deal is. Like, just give people what they want. Mm. I mean, there, there was a, there is a, a a little bit of a movement on the internet to create an unaltered edition. Yep, and, and that's you know as it would have been in the theatrical cut. Some yep. people were a little bit disappointed by uh, the DVD version that came out a few years ago. Because like some of the color correction is off and that type of stuff. Yeah, and and when you when you've watched the original growing up, you do know it. So mm-hmm. when you watch this tampered version, you straight away know that's something happened there. You know, even the, as you said, Greedo shooting first. That whole scene was it was just awkward to watch. Mm-hmm. 
And I don't care if Greedo or Han shot first. I don't even know why that's a big thing. It, it's a, it seems to be huge. Yeah. It's a, a, thing, a thing about whitewashing. That's what it's about. What do you mean? Well, the you know, Han, Han is, a, is not like a great guy. He's kind of a dick. He's a cool like, guy. Yeah, like he, th- th- this girl that he's been chasing after for like several movies, like says that he loves him, and he goes, "There, I know, man. I know. <laughs> it's, it's cool. Whatever." He plays it cool. Yeah, he's a dick. <laughs> and th- but he's you know an enjoyable scoundrel, and yeah. you know having him be having him shoot first like says a lot about his character. Yeah. It says that like he will make the hard decisions. He will get shit done. Hmm. Whereas like having him not shoot first, having him just like, oh, crap, what's happening? Oh, shoot, yeah. is, it kind of just, dent, it like, takes him down a level. It takes a bit of his, as you said, like, a bit of his character yeah. away. It, it, it blands him. He's a shoot first, ask yeah. questions later, run head first into action. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so if Greedo did shoot first, then you think, oh, the only, chance, the only choice Han had was to retaliate and shoot him. Mm-hmm. So and Greedo's a pretty shitty bounty hunter. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, you're, he's sitting right in front of you, like, just shoot him. Yeah, I have a Greedo action figure behind you, um, up on the shelf in the Darth Vader helmet. I'd like to know more about Greedo. I don't know if I'd watch a full movie of him, but um, <laughs> I'd probably read a comic about him or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so this quiz, I've got eight quotes. They're from different characters in different movies. Okay. You get one point. If you can guess who said it, mm-hmm. you get a bonus point if you tell me what movie it's from. And what do these points get me? Um, nothing. Oh. Um, gets you, um, you can wear my Boba Fett helmet. Oh, it, does it, is it smelly? Um, I, I haven't really put my head in it enough to sweat and make it smelly. It's, okay, cool. It's a bit of a tight fit because they've, they've sunk the cheeks in really, really like deep. Oh. So you put it on and it's, a, it's fairly uncomfortable. But, um, yeah, you can wear that for, like, five seconds. Okay, let's do it. Okay, one. Here it is. Because he's holding a thermal detonator. Um. Because he's holding a thermal detonator. Oh, is that in Return of the Jedi? Yep. Um, Leia's holding the thermal detonator? Yeah, but who said it? Um, uh, the Jabba's aide. The guy with the, the Twi'lek with the stuff. No. Do you want to do the points at the end or just tell you who said it? Yeah, tell me who said it now. Okay, C-3PO. Oh. But you got the movie right, so that's one. Okay, next one. Why are you slimy, double-crossing, no-good swindler? Well, it's uh, Han Solo, obviously. No. Oh. Why are you slimy, double-crossing, okay. no-good swindler? Leia, then. To Han Solo in... Uh... Empire Strikes Back. It was actually said by Lando to Han in Empire. So you got one point again. Okay. So long, princess. Okay, Han. Yep. To Leia. um, New Hope. Empire. Damn. I'm not good at these. (laughs) No, you're doing good. (laughs) Your confidence... Sorry, I'll start again. Number four. Your overconfidence is your weakness. Um... Uh, Emperor Return of the Jedi? Luke Return of the Jedi. Oh, yeah. They're pretty good at picking the movies. They all have like a certain, you know, theme about them. Theme, yeah. Um, Number five. I thought that Harry Beast would be the end of me. 
I thought that hairy beast would be the end of me. I can't do the voice because you don't know who it is. Okay. Uh, okay, I think it's C-3PO. Yes. Um, I'm going to guess Empire. Yeah! <laughs> okay, that was good. Uh, number six. Hokey religions and ancient weapons are no match for a good blaster at your side, kid. Uh, Han, New Hope. Yeah. New Hope's the easiest because it, it, it is quite different than the rest. Yeah, very introductory, I guess. Yeah, well, I find the the like the dialogue's like a little bit easy to pick up. It, it is like a lot more um, ideal, mm. I guess. Um, second last one, number seven. Fear is the path to the dark side. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. Uh, Yoda Empire. Yoda is correct. It's actually, and this surprised me too, Phantom Menace. Oh, we probably said an Empire too. You might have. Still don't get a point there. Last one. Number eight. Boba Fett. Boba Fett. Where? Okay, that's the that's CPO when he's got no head, um, so it's an Empire. That's incorrect. Oh, what? <laughs> that's Han Solo in Return of the Jedi. Oh, when he's blind. When he's on the skiff. Okay. Yeah, Jabba's skiff. I thought it was when C-3PO was, like, rebooting and he's telling everything. Um, no. No, I was wrong. You're wrong. I made a terrible mistake. Yeah. <laughs> so, you got... Mitch is adding up the points and I've got a bad feeling about this. You got nine out of possible 16. That's better than average. <laughs> well, it, it's a... C minus. Yep, yep. No, that's good. Um, I don't know how I would have gone. I had some really hard ones there that um, I actually originally had it from easy, medium, hard. And the hard ones I would never ever have would have gotten. So I took those all out and I tried to put a mixture of easy and medium in. But no, that was good. Um, I do. I have two Star Wars related stories that I'll tell quickly. Um, the first one was. One of the earliest supernovas we have here in Brisbane um, had David Prowse, who was in the Darth Vader costume, and um, Peter May, who was in who was in who was Chewbacca, and uh, David Prowse was doing a Q and A in the next building, and to get from one building to the next, you had to go through this like hallway kind of bridge thing, and I had thought, oh, okay, I'll go across and watch David Prowse do his Q and A, and as we we're heading there, there was a bit of a bottleneck. And the security were freaking out a bit, so they they stopped their hallway so the, so people could go and find their seats and clear it out. And I was standing there waiting for my turn to go in, and I saw this sort of looming shadow come up <laughs> beside me. And I looked over, and there's David Prowse standing there with his cane, about a meter and a half away from me. And I was like, "Holy shit! Like you can see Darth Vader in him." big big shoulders tall dude and I kind of got my camera out and I kind of aimed it towards him and he looked at me through the corner of his eyes he didn't look happy I put my camera away <laughs> they let us through I went to the Q&A and he happened to mention that he didn't he doesn't like people taking his photo when he has his walking cane because mm -hmm. he thinks people you know will remember him as Darth Vader being this big kind of character and it's kind of like a, shot, a sign of weakness so he was playing Jedi mind tricks on me while I was waiting he also happened to mention this was this was a long long time ago that if if George Lucas 
if George Lucas didn't call him and ask him to be in the Darth Vader costume for Re Revenge of the Sith, that there would be outcry amongst fans and there'd be, like, um, people would, would like, pick it and, and try and get him in there. And he was very uppity about this whole thing. And they were just, they were crickets. Like, no one in the audience said anything. Mm -hmm. I don't really think that they they get if he was in the suit or not, which he, he didn't actually end up being in it at all. The other story was, I've been told, I can confirm this with my mum who was here recently, that when I was about four or five years old, the local video shop in Cairns were having a, um, celebrating the release of New Hope on VHS, and we went along because Darth Vader and the Ewoks were going to be there. I have a very, very fuzzy memory of not wanting to go near Darth Vader and being well away from him and there'd be kids hanging off him and there were actually Ewoks everywhere. And um, Darth Vader looked at me and pointed directly at me. And one of the Ewoks grabbed the poster and ran over and gave it to me. And I had the New Hope poster in my room for many, many years after that. Is that the one I saw upstairs? No, I don't have the original anymore. I don't know what happened to it. Probably got thrown out. The one upstairs... Um, the one I had was where, like, classic Luke Skywalker holding the lightsaber up mm -hmm. and Leia's, like, at his feet, kind of holding onto him. That's the one I used to have. The one upstairs, I think, is um, more Han Solo shooting and Darth Vader holding what looks like a samurai sword. Less brother on sister action. Yep. That's right. Mm-hmm. So, we... The game I chose... Well, I was looking for games to play so we can review them, um, and there there are countless board games to play, but some of them aren't quite easy to get. There was a miniatures one that was either hot, like impossible to get, or cost too much to get. So what I did I, is I settled on, I found a, um, I found an Ewok, Wicket the Ewok game on eBay, and it cost me twenty six dollars. Steal. Yeah. Well, it's... Uh, <laughs> free shipping or...? Um, no, that was all up. Oh, that, all up? Yeah, yeah. I think it was like $12 shipping or something. Yeah, because it it's a it's a board game size package, like a Monopoly size package. Yeah, yep, yeah, it is. Um, it's the original... The only reason I bought it was it was the original 1983 version, and it was still in good condition. And I, as a collector, I just thought, why not? I might as well get it. It's older than me. <laughs> so... Um, so we we played it maybe 20 minutes ago? Yeah, yeah, we, we, we played it just before we started the podcast. What did you think of it? Uh, it wasn't great. <laughs> no, no, it was um, pretty horrible. It, I was waiting, for, I thought, oh, this game's missing the dice, clearly. There's no dice. You play an Ewok, and you your whole point of this game is to get each of the different five foods and get back to your house. Mm-hmm. So you can move three steps at a time and you can ride on a, it's like a, a hang glider, a hang glider, a sort of a, a bantha sort of horse thing. Um, it, it's a square board and there's a hang glider and four different animals. There's one that's a horse thing, one that's a cow thing and one that's a frog thing or something. Yeah. And one where you're kind of like swinging on a vine. So part of your three moves is to move these things towards you, get on them, and move them again. Um, I I don't even know how I don't even know how this game would be popular even in 1983. 
Well, you got to remember, like back in nineteen eighty three, that uh, this kind of idea of like board games as like a, a deep, rich, engaging thing wasn't there. It was just something that you kind of would buy and you know play quickly. Like Monopoly used to be really popular. Yep. Um, and everybody still, that's still well um, uh, uh, among board game geeks now. People okay. look at Monopoly and you know they they say terrible things about it and its mother. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't. I don't see this game ever um, being remade for today's market, mm. even if the new Star Wars movies came out and they, and they like, there's just got to be more to a game than collecting food and getting home again. And as you said, when we were playing it, it might've been different um, with four players because mm-hmm. you can sabotage the other player. Like you sabotage me quite a bit. Yeah. And you didn't sabotage me. No. And be- who won? Because you won. And then your comment afterwards was Ewoks are quite a friendly, peaceful, mm-hmm. easygoing collective tribe um, that don't backstab each other, but that's sort of what you did. So I think you would have been kicked out of the tribe pretty quickly. And then I would have went out into the star system and got myself a couple of blasters. and You would have been an in, in Ewok sort of bounty hunter. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'd watch that movie. <laughs> <laughs> And, what's, and what was the other game that we played? Oh, well, we're going to move straight on to X-Men Do you now. want to? Uh, well, so the thing with Star Wars is that there's it's really popular and there's lots of Star Wars games and there is that kind of uh, big convergence where it's like Star Wars geeks like to spend money. They, yeah, well, because you've gone from watching as a kid to mm-hmm. being an adult and having... Um, a bit of play money and buying whatever you want. So whatever you missed out on getting as your kid, you can buy it now. So um, for many, many years, uh, Hasbro, who are the people who publish um, Monopoly and Risk, yep. they've owned the license to Star Wars. So most of the Star Wars games have been through Hasbro. Mm-hmm. There's been a, a couple of cool ones over the years that are 2 to $300 on eBay now. There's this really impressive um, one based around uh, The Phantom Menace, where you have like a, a, a like a multiple tier kind of chessboard setup, mm. so you have three different levels and you're fighting over the three um, different battles in that movie. Yep. So you know, one you're under the sea, one's a space battle above, and one's the one on the surface. Yep. Um, so that's that's like a big collector's item. I think that's three hundred dollars or so. So oh, okay. I don't even think I've seen that on my search. Um, it's called the Queen's Gambit. I, I have heard it. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's also Star Wars Epic Duels, which is like a a, a card fighting game. Um, there was also a Star Wars the card game, yep, um, which is more like a Magic the Gathering Magic, thing. Yeah. I have a friend who used to play that back in the day. Yeah, so it's not, re- it's not, it hasn't been rebooted. It's just an old. Yeah, so um, we'll we'll talk about um the other card game as well, but. There's Star Wars, like, as in a, a collectible card game, yep. which is more, like, similar to, I believe, Magic the Gathering, well, even, at least in its model. Even going to the comic book stop, a shop, you you don't see... You see magic mm-hmm. everywhere, and then you see a bit of Netrunner, and I can't even say that I've seen Star Wars stuff. I might have seen a little bit. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, the, so there used to be an old Star Wars game, and there is a new Star Wars game, which is a... In the Netrunner model, a living card game, so they release non-blind packs, which add you know more characters, more cards, yep. and that's just called Star Wars the card game. So um, anyway, Hasbro have, have owned the license for a number of years, um, and they own the board game license. What they don't own is the miniatures and the card game license. Mm. So Fantasy Flight Games, who have 
done lots of cool stuff, and they generally do a lot of licensed stuff, um, as well as kind of big box games. So a lot of the games we've been talking about lately have been done by them. Android Netrunner's done by them, as well as the other Android games. Um, they've done Battlestar Galactica, um, Descent, which is a, a big kind of dungeon crawly game. Yeah, I almost bought that a couple of times. A lot of the Cthulhu horror games, such as... The Arkham? Uh, yeah, Arkham Horror, Eldritch Horror, and Elder Sign. Dunwich? I, no. don't think no. that, I don't think there's a Dunwich Horror. Um, so, anyway, so... Uh, Fantasy Flight Games, they own some of the rights to Star Wars games, but not all of them. So a game that I've been playing for a while and that I've played a couple times with Mitch is X-Wing Miniatures. Mm. We have played a couple times. We've played me versus you, and then we played you versus me and uh, Craig. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a dogfighting game in space. Uh, one of the interesting things about Star Wars, if you think about the space fights in it, um, they don't make any sense. <laughs> really? Well, if you... It, if you really think about space, yep. um, you know, you can't have explosions. Mm. Um, there's no point in actually looking like a plane. That's right, yeah. <laughs> because you're just going through space. It's actually, like like a lot of the Star Wars things, like Star Wars is kind of based on like a mythic journey of the more traditional journey. So it's, it's like a, it's an adventure game rather, it's an adventure movie rather than a, like a, a strict science fiction movie. There's no nothing that's really telling you about kind of evolving technology or anything. It's just all made up shit. So I guess you're they're, they're kind of putting you in the cockpit, playing mm-hmm. as a character because mm-hmm. you you do play the characters. Yeah, you, you've Luke you've, and yeah. Hawkins and etc. Yeah. yeah. So you could, you know, put yourself in that kind of position as in a dogfight in mm-hmm. um, Return of the Jedi. Yeah, and all most of the stuff, the the dogfight sequences in Star Wars are based on World War Two stuff. Yep. That's where he got a lot of his um, inspiration. Yep, his big star, um, World War fan. And Star Wars X-Wing Miniatures is actually based on a World War Two game to a, to a degree as well okay. called uh, Wings of Glory, mm-hmm. which uses a similar system, not the exact same system. No. Um, so it's a dogfighting game. You get to be Luke Skywalker in an X-Wing killing Imperials mm-hmm. or which can be um, a lot more satisfying if you're sick of Luke's stupid whinging. You can be Imperials killing Luke. Now, so you, you set up, you initially set up the the space area. Was it 80 centimetres by? It's uh, 90 by 90 or, or, or 3 feet. So yeah. the, the, a few cool things about X-Wing Miniatures is that you don't have an actual board. You just have a table space. Yep. You do have to kind of measure it out, mm-hmm. but you essentially have a free free three foot by three foot table space and that's where you put all the things um, if you do go out this table if you do go out of the boundaries you die you die you die which I didn't agree with well you are you are considered to have fled the battlefield oh, like okay. a coward <laughs> you don't necessarily explode but you're, you're out of the fight you're out of it yeah okay that's that's understandable I I love the miniatures that's that's got to be the main the main appeal of this they're so detailed and so cool looking that um, I did consider buying Slave One, Boba Fett ship, just so I could start playing. Yeah, they, they, they do look. They are really high quality, and they look great. But they're clearly they can't be um, to scale to one another. They are. They are. They are until a point, which we'll we'll, we'll get to in a minute. Okay. Um. So you you're dogfighting. The main mechanic of the game is that you have uh, little maneuver templates. So 
everyone at the same time, they have a little dial and they dial in where they're going straight, forward, around, and the different ships can do different maneuvers. TIE fighters are quicker, but they have problems slowing down. Mm -hmm. X-wings are kind of slower and less maneuverable, but they've got bigger, bigger guns and shields. So you all select your little maneuver at the same time, and then you flip it over, and then you get out these little cardboard maneuver tablets which have straight ahead or across to one side, and you put them down and you move along, and then you start shooting each other. Yeah, I I'd never seen the kind of dial thing before, and I I thought that was really really mm-hmm. unique, and I really liked that sort of mechanic. Um, and so you you just got to guess sort of like yeah, where yeah. the other person's going to go. Yeah, one of the really fun things about sim- simultaneous action selection, mm, yes. which is what this mechanic okay. is called, <laughs> two people or one or more people doing the same stuff at the same time. Yep. is that you have those hilarious mistakes. Like, I thought you were going to go there, and you're not going there, and we're actually going to run straight into each other. That happened a couple of times, I think. I thought, for sure, you're going to cruise past me and go left, because mm-hmm. there's an asteroid here. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do this, and you end up turning around and going the other way, and then I'm out in space somewhere. I mean, that that would happen if you were mm-hmm. in these ships in space. You can't, like, just know where the other ships are going to go. Yeah, you, so you can, you know, take it slower and, you know, try and track people, but once you go into the dogfight, you got to, you know, start going quick and try and get out of the way and then come back around again. So you bought the introductory sort of pack and yeah. it came with those things that we played with? This... You get um, X-Wing the Corset comes with one X-Wing and two fight, TIE Fighters, Yep. and you can start playing that game straight out of the box. Yep. Um, and then you can start buying more things to get more cool stuff and play bigger and more badass battles. So it's at least a two-player game. Yep. Then if someone else wants to play, then you can maybe just control one sort of ship. Yeah, yeah. We, we've, we've played team games a, a few times, and I think it really only works with you know up to four people. So you, if you're Imperial, you generally control a couple of ships. Yep. Because um, Imperials, uh, they get more ships because they're less cool. Okay. It's The TIE Fighter doesn't work much head-to-head to an X-Wing. Mm. Like, one X-Wing is worth two fight, TIE Fighters in a fight. Okay. Um, and, yeah, we, we play team games. Now, you talked, when we played it, about going up against um, a Star Destroyer? Uh, not a Star Destroyer, a Corvette. A Corvette? Yes. Which is um, at the start of New Hope. Yeah. Uh, the one that, you know, comes across the screen. Comes screen. over top. Yeah. And Ooh. that Princess Leia is in. Yep. That's what you, you can get. And you can also get Rebel Transports. Yes. Which are the things that are coming off the ice planet Hoth mm-hmm. in Empire Strikes Back? So these things must be um, big. 10, 20 centimeters long. Uh, the I believe the Rebel Transport is twenty centimeters, and the the Tantive Four it's got to be thirty or forty. I can't see how that would be fun to play because you've only got ninety centimeters, mm-hmm. and you're playing a forty centimeter. Ship. Oh, maybe how it's not you, that big then. How do you turn around? Like, what do you it's do? Hard. <laughs> it's all, hard. All you it? sort of do is trying to get out of the way. And, and like, when when you do start, you do place asteroids down. Mm-hmm. So you've got to try not to hit them. Mm-hmm. So um, so the the way you ca- you kind of start with Star Wars is that, you know, you get the core set and then you can play with a couple of players. Yep. And then if you're enjoying what you're doing, you can start getting uh, a few new ships. So you start with an X-Wing and TIE Fighters. You can get pretty much anything that you see in in the in the film series now including a few things out of it 
so you can get A-wings, which are the more maneuverable ones, closer to a lot of the starships used in Phantom Menace. Yep. You can get B-wings, which are kind of the slightly strange-looking ones yeah. that have got, like, a cockpit and, like, a big thing coming across. Mm. Um, you can get E-wings, which are experimental ones, so they're from the Expanded Universe. Yeah, E-wing I've never heard of. X-Wing I have. Yeah, you can also get Z-95 Headhunters, which are kind of the smaller, kind of more bandit ones, and that's the Rebel side. Millennium and, Falcon. Yeah, oh, you, you can get the Millennium Falcon Slave 1. Um, you can get Kyle Katarn ship if you're into, uh, if you remember, what is it, Dark Forces? Okay. The Computer game? Yeah, computer yep. game. I think it was Dark Forces or the other one. Uh, find out on the internet. The Force? No, no not Force Rising. Force, Okay. Uh, older ones. And then you can get lots of cool stuff for the other side as well. You can get TIE Advanced, which is, you know, Darth Vader ship. Now, they did do a Star Trek version, didn't they? Yeah, there's a Star Trek version as well. But you can't cross them over. You can't cross them over. You can't cross the streams. (laughs) I was actually thinking that it would also work on a ground, like uh, Return the Jedi with the speeder bikes. Mm -hmm. That would work just the same. Uh, yeah, I guess, I guess so. That they are doing um, a, an attack wing for, and that's kind of the phrase that they're calling it. Attack the wing. Attack wing. Mm-hmm. So Star Wars stuff is released by Fantasy Flight Games. Yep. And it's just called, you know, Star Wars X Wing Miniatures. Um, Star Trek is released by WizKids. Yep. And it's called Attack Wing. And there's also going to be a Dungeons and Dragons Attack Wings, mm-hmm. where you're playing dragons. Oh, cool. But there's also guys on the ground, like wizards and giants and stuff, that you get to interact with. Oh, that's cool. So you, you, you could potentially do land bikes and speed and stuff. It doesn't look like that's the direction they're going, though. No, because in that whole scene, there are only speeder bikes. There mm-hmm. isn't, if I can remember, anything else to interact. Maybe you could do like AT-ATs or yeah. something like that. Yeah, you, 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 you could do that. It doesn't seem like that's a direction they're going to take. ATSDs, the chicken walkers? Yeah, ATSTs are the chicken walkers yeah. and ATATs are the big dogs. Yeah, no, the ATATs weren't in the forest. I'm pretty sure. I think it was ATSTs. Yeah, you you can you can fight on Hoth, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, they've started with the small ships, and you can get you know anything up to a Millennium Falcon or a Slave One. You can get some Rebel transports, and those are kind of medium to large ships. But then you get the huge ships, which are the Rebel transport and the Tantive Four, which we've talked about. The and how much do you remember? How much was it for the the intro pack? The intro pack is fifty to sixty bucks. That's not too bad for three ships. I mean, I was looking at Slave One, and that was forty on its own, mm-hmm. and it is slightly bigger than mm-hmm. the X Wings. It, it is. It is a fair bit bigger. Yeah, I mean the detail is amazing, and that's what you just have to pay, I guess. Yeah. Can you have two Millennium Falcons yes. in a game? Yeah. So there's a points based system when you actually go to play with everyone else. What we haven't talked about is that, you know, we've talked about people moving and shooting, yep. but what's really interesting about Star Wars X-Wing is that it's not just a miniatures game, it's also kind of a miniatures and a card game, because yes. like uh, Magic or like Netrunner or like a, a lot of different games, you have variable player powers, so you, you build a squad that's, you know, made up of cards, so you get a pilot and then you can start putting out upgrades and stuff on them. Mm-hmm. So you build a squad of, say, 100 points or whatever you want to agree with, with the guy you're fighting. And you, that could be made up of, you know, three X-Wings or maybe two Millennium Falcons. But you just can't have, you know, two Han Solos because that doesn't make sense. No. And it's just a ship. 
it's called a Millennium Falcon. I mean, there's more than oh, one of yeah, those oh, type of ships. Yeah, it's a uh, the both the Millennium Falcon and the Slave One. When you buy it, it's called that. Yep. But the actual ship on the card will say uh, YT three two thousand or Fire Spray thirty four, whatever yeah. they're called. Yep. And then you'll have a special title which you put on them that says Millennium Falcon, which gives them more cool stuff. So yeah, you get all those things. And you can kind of build your stuff. So there's a lot of different things you can get. There's uh, at least half a dozen ships for each faction now, plus the big ones. And we're playing with the big one at the moment, yep. which is the biggest one. And we're doing a, a story campaign, which is pretty interesting. Oh, okay. So there's a, a story mission which you go throughout, and depending who wins or who loses, you do a different mission next. So I've lost the first one. I had a swarm of TIE fighters trying to cripple the Tantive Four to stop it going anywhere. Yep. And I launched all my ships, and I ran straight at him. And then we had another look at the rule book, and we figured that if he actually ran into me, I would explode. <laughs> um, so, so we did that, and then I tried to, you know, get down his forward shields. Um, eventually, I worked out these forward shields were too powerful, and I couldn't quite get through them. So I was starting to come around the back, but by that time, it already got away. Now. So, well, so it's going to be interesting as we as we go throughout that it is kind of a st- story, hmm. as in things happen, and you do kind of learn things as you go along. So next time, I know that if I really want to get him, I should come around behind and hit him in the back because he's more pa- he's more weak there. Oh, okay. Now, when we played, mm-hmm. it took about an hour. Yeah, we we yeah we played. Did we just play with a couple ships? Just me and you. Yeah. And then when we like when we played with um, Craig, one of our guys from role playing. Mm-hmm. Um, it took about two and a half hours. It, yes. like, it seemed quite lengthy to play. Mm-hmm. Um, is that is that because we didn't know what we're doing, or is that the length of your games that you play with the other guys? Uh, well, it, it really does depend on what you want to do. There, there's a lot of options there. Yeah. Um, if you really want, if you think all the special powers and interaction and stuff are too confusing, yeah. there is a quick play version where you don't do this, where you don't do several things, and you just kind of go around and shoot each other. Mm. So that's a lot easier to play. Yeah. Um, and what we played is we played to the ultimate death, right. which is just shoot each other till everyone dies. <laughs> um, we, we, we play that cause that's kind of what people tend to want to play. It's fun. But you can also play, um, tournament rules. Tournament rules is to 90 minutes. Whoever kills the most cool stuff on the other team wins. Mm-hmm. So if you kill a TIE fighter, that's just worth 15 points. If you kill an X-Wing, that's worth 30 points. And if the X-Wing also has Luke in it, that's, you know, more points. Okay. Um, so you play that 90 minutes or less if you want to. Mm-hmm. So you can play a time battle and there's also missions you can do. Yeah, I like the sound of the missions one. Yeah, the, cool. the missions, I think we're probably least less likely to play kind of the big battles again because they do take quite a while. Yep. But the missions, you can you kind of do them 90 minutes or less. That's Generally good. less. I mean... Because we we had a games night and we played some games mm-hmm. and then we played X Wing mm-hmm. and um, I was about eight beers in and I was a bit tipsy and I'm trying to play this game and it was really fun at the start and then towards the end I think we just wanted it to end um, and I remember I think Craig was out and it was like just me versus you and I I actually didn't take into account of an asteroid being mm-hmm. in front of me. And I put my dial down, and I went straight into it, and I died. Mm-hmm. Very anticlimactic. Uh, another thing that I'd note, like, when you, when you play games with friends, um, a little bit of it is uh, 
like you're trying to indoctrinate them. You're trying to get them really interested. Trying to get them hooked. Yeah. So you can what, play mm-hmm. with them mm-hmm. or just trying to bring them into it. So it's, it probably would have been better to play a smaller battle to get Craig hooked. Because yep. I know he was getting like a little bit frustrated about some of the things, because it, it can get pretty complex. Well, he plays the, the online version, and he said, all you do is sort of put in yeah. what you're doing and where you're going, and when everyone's done, it plays it like yeah. a, a movie sequence. No, he, he was making that up. Was he? Yeah, he's like, ah. it would be cool if this would happen on the internet. That would be cool. It doesn't actually happen that, on the that internet. That sounded really good. Yeah. Well, um... Yeah, so Craig was getting a little bit frustrated because, like, what it is is you're picking up things and moving them, and there's a lot of little different moving parts and weird interactions. So if you're getting someone into it the first time, it's probably not a good idea to do the, like, the full 100 points game, which which we did. <laughs> yeah. It's better to kind of start off smaller. And I would also recommend giving new players the Rebel team because they're a bit easier to play. Okay, that's what we were, I think. No, you were the Imperial team. You were the... T- oh, were we? Yeah. Okay, I can't remember. Yeah, you were TIE Fighters and stuff, remember? No. Mitch was TIE Fighters and stuff. Okay. Because <laughs> um, they're a little bit easier to play. Imperials are a bit harder, but there are some like really advanced tactics you can do. So I probably would have switched that around if I did it again. The yeah. first time we played, I, I, I let you be the Rebels. Yeah. And you won. <laughs> <laughs> I... I know there's a lot of um, tiny tokens involved, mm-hmm. yeah. like focus and... you got to remember to do all your actions. I always forget about those, and I feel like, like even though I've played it two or three times, I still don't quite get the grasp of the tokens and how to use them to my full advantage. So there is a lot there to learn. Mm-hmm. But overall, I, I really liked it. I don't think I will... I might buy a slave one. Mm-hmm just to have the action figure when you come over we can play but I don't think I'm going to get too involved in it yeah not that it's bad I mean I really like it it's just that I don't need something else I need to spend my money on so if you are looking for a miniatures game although you you may think that you know we've said things are pretty complicated mm. compared to other miniatures games it's pretty intuitive Can how would you compare this to um, rapid frame zero attack well that did come to mind um So, yeah, I'm. Um, I never actually got the grasp of that game because I I did like the mechs mm-hmm. and the building of them. That's what I thought. Oh, this is genius! You get to build your mechs out of Lego. Everyone already has Lego, and I went and bought Lego, and people were buying me Lego, and it was great. And building these mechs and going online and finding the blueprints and building them from that. Um, but that whole mechanic was just wild. Mm-hmm. It's like that was just insane. I couldn't. Couldn't quite get your hand around it. um, Could you? No. No. There there was no clear instruction. Mm -hmm. Um, But with X-Ring, I seemed to pick it up. I saw the dial, understood exactly what I needed to do, Mm. and you get the the movement sort of like um, move one, two, or three and put them down. I mean, that's pretty straightforward. And everything else you plan to learn as you play. You can explain to someone in a minute, this is how it works, Mm -hmm. and off you go. Yeah. But with with Rapid Fire, you can't do that. And, you know, some of the other miniatures games out there, they will be a little bit more complicated. Like, I would say we keep on doing doing a complexity scale. Um, I can't remember what I've said for anything else. Where would you rate this on the complexity scale? Um, I would, if 10 being completely complex mm-hmm. and 1 being um, Wicked the Ewok, I'd say this would sit up, like, no, pretty pretty low. I don't think it's complex at all. I'd say, like, a 5 or maybe 6. Okay. 
Yeah, I go six. I yeah. go six. I mean, yeah, the dial's easy, the ships are easy. You set out your thing, and then all the little little. I know when you start, as you said before, you get the points, and you can sort of buy like another card that mm-hmm. is like um like a missile or a, a bomb or something mm-hmm. like that. We spent a bit of time because me and Craig were on the same team, so we had to like calculate how much our ships were worth and then how much we could spend and on what. And sometimes that's sort of like, I can't afford this, but I want it, so I'd rather you have mm-hmm. that, and that takes a little bit. Yeah, but it's and, not... and because you were starting the game. And yeah. <laughs> um, maybe I would have done that for you, but Craig specifically <laughs> said, don't tell me what to do. No. <laughs> he, he wanted to do his stuff, so I let him do his stuff, and then I blew up his stuff. And I didn't even use my cards. Yeah. Like, they just sat in front of me, and I was watching the game and trying to figure out where I was going to go if I was going to kind of swing around an asteroid to come at you from behind or go directly at you, and I totally forgot about the things in front of me. Mm-hmm. But that's just experience. Yeah, and it is a game of kind of increasing complexity, and that's what all the expansions do as well. So the first couple of times you kind of get the hang of the mechanics, and once you're kind of, like, you're pretty keen on it, you know what's happening, you start getting extra ships, and those ships add just, like, a little bit more each time. Yeah. So it's more money investment, but as opposed to a board game which you kind of buy and then you play and you play again you start running out of things to do with this one you know there's there's always something more you can do you can buy more ships bought more ships and then you can mix up your squad and do something completely different i think it's getting pretty big i mean when do you know when it came out uh what, been a year or two ago uh, yeah it's been out for two years i think because um every time i go to the comic shop it's just more and more mm-hmm. is it's that ace ace up in the city yeah, yeah. That's where I go to play um, Friday Night Magic. And, uh, you know, while while you kind of wait for them to set Mm -hmm. up and, like, get their shit together and wait for other people to turn up, kind of, like, look around, and you can see them moving Mm -hmm. stuff away and bringing in more of this um, X-Wing sort of miniatures and putting them at eye level and right in front of you. So you're like, whoa, what's this? And you Mm -hmm. pick it up. Well, yeah, um, going to the comic shop, I'd been there, you know, a few times and looking at things. And I went the other day to, you know, pick up something. And then I looked at X-Wing, and there were just so many empty hooks. <laughs> and then I'm like, do you, do you have this ship? And he's like, no, they're all gone, man. They just they just started going. Yep. I mean, they do advertise the tournaments. Mm-hmm. I'm nowhere near ready for a tournament. Yeah, um, I'd probably like to do a tournament. I, I don't know if I quite have time, unfortunately. I need to buy more ships. Um, I always struggle with, am I good enough to play? Like, even Friday Night Magic, I knew I wasn't good enough mm-hmm. to play. But it's part of the fun, and people... Some people will take that into account and hopefully just have fun, but mm-hmm. others will crack the shits and not want to play with you because they want to be challenged or play someone a bit better. Yeah, not to... Um, in, in in terms of, like, the gaming community, people will say mean things about Magic players. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Um, that, that they can be kind of ultra-competitive and yeah. sometimes, you know, if they don't win, they can throw a few tantrums. Oh, I've seen it live mm-hmm. i've seen it happen and it's quite scary just like wow you, you know you're, you're an adult and you're not going to behave like this just because you lost i mean mm-hmm. and well the th- th- thing with you know some games is magic is big so it kind of has everyone under one roof like if you're a little bit interested in card games like you might go to magic but different games start to filter that out so when i played netrunner kind of in the store tournament everyone seems really nice hmm so those people are kind of hyper-competitive. It seems to have filtered those out because it is, like, a much more complex game. And it is also, like, a fun game to just play. 
whether or not you're winning or losing, like sometimes you can get stomped on, but like it's it's like a really intriguing game to play. Like you know, is that a bad thing? Am I going to run into it? Like what's the risk and reward? Mm. So overall, what would, you'd give X Wing a very positive. Yeah, like I, I, I'm playing X Wing. I'm going to keep playing it. Yeah. Um, you played tournaments, or you played? No, I just play with my friends. Okay. Um, so I started playing with one of my friends, played with him, and then he pretty much got a new set. Oh, really? And then we started. Well, before we ever played with one another, our friends, he he bought a new set because he just buys stuff, and he was also the one who bought the massive ship. So we're going to play through the story campaign, which You're is like really a, interesting. A board game drug dealer. Yeah. Well, have you, a little taste. Have a little taste. Hooked. Yeah, you, you well because you you want to have your you want to play with your friends. Yeah, I, I play um I, I go to kind of regular meetups and stuff with like different people who are really interested in board games, and that's nice. But like the best board game experience is, is you know having playing with your friends, having a few beers, and blowing up their ships. Yep, yep. Well, I, I know enough people now that I can invite them over for magic, and we're all kind of similar sort of level. And that would be fun. Like, yeah, I'd definitely do the same thing with X-Wing. And you, you can get into it as much as you want. You can get a few ships, you can get lots of ships, and you can, if you want, play with your friends and then go full tournament crazy, man. <laughs> yeah. I'd actually like to, to watch a tournament with the big ships just to see how they, like, what they do with them. Mm -hmm. And, well, we, we kind of mentioned before about a rapid frame zero attack. I don't know in which order the words go. Um but as opposed to that, like, there's just so much content for X-Wing out there. Like, go onto YouTube, you can watch tournaments. Yep, you I can will. you can watch little unboxings of, of each of the different ships that tell you cool stuff about it. The tutorial on it's pretty great. So there's, because it's such a popular game, there's so much out there that if you want to get into it or you're just interested about it, there's more you can see than just us two talking about it. Hmm. Yeah, I'd, re I'd recommend going to check it out. I mean, if, if you are looking for a game that you want to sink your teeth into or put some money into and then in, and even if the you know when you're not playing the game you can put them up on a shelf and they're kick-ass little miniatures to have that people would definitely be like whoa what's that you know then mm. dig them out and play it yeah if you have spare shapes that space on your shelf like you can put the miniatures there and they look fantastic i don't have any spare i don't have any spare space on my shelf it's no. in a storage box <laughs> I, i'm i'm having problems um i've had to start moving uh, books from my bookshelves into the back room as more and more board games fill up spaces. You need you need a bigger boat. I need a bigger boat. Um, the only other Star Wars related sort of media I've been sort of um, looking into recently is um, comics. Mm -hmm. So Dark Horse recently released um, The Star Wars, which is based on George Lucas's original manuscript. Mm -hmm. And uh, they came out a couple months ago, and that was an eight-issue sort of series. And I think I've got about all of them, and I, ha I just haven't read the last two. So you can go and grab that as well if you're interested in... Um, it, it's it's drawn really well, and it's, it's written really well, and it, it, it just takes Star Wars and flips it on, on its head, and you can just see how it could have been. If it was this way, that would have been good also. Like, you know, Darth Vader has an eye patch, and it's... Um, um, it says Skywalker, it's Star Killer. So, um, it says. Is it darker? Uh, no, it's not really darker. It's. You can see. You can see the bits he's taken out and rewritten. 
um, other than that, it's 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 got the, all the political stuff in there, and it's got um, you know, the Jedi's. It's Kane Starkiller and his two sons, Deke and Anakin Starkiller, and you know you can see Chewbacca kind of looks like the Swamp Thing, like his big green sort of lizardy looking thing, and you know C-3PO looks a bit different, and I think R2D2 actually talks, like says words, not just beeps and grunts, and I. I personally really enjoyed it. Like I couldn't wait for it to come out every, every sort of every, every month. Um, yeah. So if you're interested in that, go and grab that. It's called The Star Wars, um, something like based on original script or something through Dark Horse. That was really good. So we we've talked about Star Wars X-wing miniatures. The other game that's out at the moment is Star Wars the card game, which we kind of mentioned a little bit before. So with with Mitch, um, with with Plague Netrunner. He's played Magic the, the Gathering. H- how are you feeling about Magic at the moment? Magic at the moment? Um, I've just been so busy. That's why I haven't had a chance to um, play it, really. Um, and every weekend coming up from now on, I'm, I'm pretty busy doing stuff. But we do have Supernova at the end of the year, end of um, November. Mm-hmm. And I'll be there signing books um, at the uh, Brisbane one. So I can't wait to go and see magic stand or if they have something like that and look at the games and if i have time i'll definitely go and play um i yeah like like i said before i bought those two packs and i kind of looked through them and you bought me some packs over that you grabbed from somewhere mm-hmm. the games uh i get, got them from oz comic con yeah they're promo packs there yeah they were, they were pretty cool there was a couple in there i've never seen before and when you see one you're like whoa what's this you know you read it and you're like oh it does that okay you know i could use that um i'm still interested in it um i just haven't had a chance to play it um, or get together with my normal kind of crew to play it, but like I do want to, and it's definitely in my future. I'm not. I've got heaps of magic cards, mm-hmm. and um, I'd, I'd love to sit down, like have a spare couple of hours, and just create like a blue deck or a black deck or something, and then test it out, then fix it. So, but hypothetically, let let's say there's a game kind of like Magic, <laughs> right? But it's different. Number one, it's got a Star Wars theme. Yeah. So you've got, like, you know, all these cards instead of pictures of monsters, they've got Star Wars on it. There's Luke, there's Han, there's Leia. I'd be into there's that. A, there's a spy droid. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd definitely uh, be into that. Um, if, if say, for example, you had the cards, <laughs> and you're like, check this out, I'd be like, cool. I'll, I'd definitely go and buy the intro pack and check it out. Do you know much about it? Like, is it? Yeah, I, I played the game. I haven't really gone into it because um, I have a limited amount of things that I can devote my time to. So I, I'm in with X-wing, and I'm in with Netrunner. I, I play, I played the card game, and it's pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, it is pr- uh, like uh, it involves very similar magic mechanics, which you'll be um, pretty familiar with. So you need to pay to you know summon creatures, which are, you know you need to pay to deploy stormtroopers or oh, okay. Jedi or whatever. Yep. You also have, um, you know, blockers and attackers, mm-hmm. similar to magic. You have a few extra things bolted on. So it is a little bit between Netrunner and magic in terms of complexity. There's pretty much extra thematic things. So as opposed to, you know, just like whacking at each other, mm. you you have to do objectives. So if you're the rebels, you have to, you know, destroy the Death Star, yep. whereas the the Imperials, they can destroy objectives, but they've also got, like, a doomsday clock. 
Uh. And if it gets to 12, the Death Star blows everything up. <laughs> and while that's going on, you can also um, commit units to the dark side or light side of the Force. So instead of just shooting each other, they're kind of off somewhere else, trying to win the, the Force battle, which will give you extra points for different stuff. And yeah, so it's it's a pretty interesting game. If I had the time, I would probably go into it. Yep. Um, there's some things that are a little bit off about it. Okay. Um, with, with, you know, X-Wing, mm. you're playing, you're literally a starship, so it's really thematic. It really makes a lot of sense. Whereas with the card game, it's a little less so. Mm. Um, with with Magic and with Netrunner, they're both really thematic games. But with Star Wars, the card game, because you have to reference movies and stuff, mm. it becomes a little bit more abstract where things don't quite make sense. Okay. Like, for example, uh, why is Luke Skywalker, you know, uh, fighting some rebel stormtroopers who can also do Han, who's off, you know, <laughs> fighting in, in some forest battle. Yeah. And there's these different movie events which just don't quite make sense. And you can have, you know, like, um, guys from the Phantom Menace fight, you know, Got like the bad guys and New Hope, etc. Mm. It, it, it is interesting, but I just don't have enough of the Star Wars fanboy in me to get into it. Oh, really? Yeah. Whereas with X Wing, um, once I started playing X Wing, like I really liked it. And I started reading the, the the Rogue Squadron novels, which are actually pretty hard to get hold of, okay. unfortunately. And they're they're based um, in the timeline of the movies. Yeah, um, Rogue Squadron happens just after the movies. After um, Return of the Jedi? Yeah. Okay. So it's um, based on Wedge Antilles' squadron. Oh, okay. So Wedge Antilles kind of starts as, I think, the captain of the squadron, and eventually he kind of works his way up to, like, a, a, a general, and it's kind of about the development oh, yeah, of the squadron. Cool. Rogue Squadron is, like, the best squadron. Yep. It's, you know, the ones that, you know, did all the heavy lifting for the Death Star attack, and so they're used as kind of like a like a flagship force that go and do all the dangerous missions. Mm. That sounds cool. The only the only Star Wars book I read was the the Bounty Hunter one, I think. Mm-hmm. That was pretty cool. Um, if you are looking for Star Wars books, um, I've I've read a few. The Rogue Squadron ones are okay. I started reading um, some of the the later ones. You should check out the Thrawn trilogy. That's pretty great. I wouldn't really go beyond that though. Um, none of them n- none of them count anymore. No, no. Um, um, we we can give you all. Do you want do you want spoilers? Do I want spoilers yeah. for what? For what happens in the books. Yeah. Well, no, I actually won't do it. What? No? No, no. About, about the squadrons or? Oh, well, the, the, the squadrons are fine. Like, uh, so some interesting things that happen in the book and what we, you know, think is going to happen is, you know, Han and Leia have kids. Yep. Um, Han and Leia kids are twins. Yep. Uh, Luke has a son as well. Um, Luke's son, I think, eventually goes dark side. Um, so that might happen in the movie. I think that's where they're headed, the uh, Han and Leia kids sort of. Light side, dark side. Yeah, well, they're going to be in it as the characters, so I guess it's mm. in the movies would be maybe thirty years later. Yeah, so. I th- w- w- one of the kids is called Jason, is it with a J A C E N? So it's it, 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 all the funny thing about Star Wars is that you know they have all space names, which are essentially the same as Bogan names now, <laughs> right. with people just terribly spelling everything. Ladashla. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I'm sure if, you know, like Leia was in the New Hope, she would have spelled like L-A-I-A-E. Wow. That's Not cool. that there's anything wrong with that. No, nothing wrong with that. Um, I remember when 
Phantom Menace came out, they released a book. So, I read, I got the book and I read it, and the book actually had a lot in it that wasn't in the movie. Oh, interesting. Yeah, which I didn't even know about. I was just so into Star Wars being out again <laughs> that I went and bought it, and I was like, whoa, what is this? And it had like heaps and heaps of scenes in it that weren't in the movie, and I thought that was pretty cool, but I, I wouldn't recommend buying that book or reading it. Mm-hmm. So there's definitely, you know, more Star Wars stuff you can get get into. The expanded universe no longer makes sense, which is a little bit, like, not great for all the Star Wars products that are being put out. That being put out because, like, uh, with X-Wing, for example, a lot of the new ships and stuff, they're coming from the expanded universe. Mm. So you have, a, a like, the E-Wing, which is experimental X-Wing, and some, some really cool things. There's, like, a TIE Phantom, which has a cloaking device... And a different thing, and there's also been lots of new Star Wars games announced. Yeah. Um, just recently at Gen board Con. Board games. Um, so as I said before, Hasbro owns the board game license. Yeah. Um, so they've kind of been holding on to that for quite a while, and not really doing too much with it, apart from a Star Wars Risk game. Yeah. Which I think you thought of getting at one point. I did. Yeah. What did I buy instead? Risk Legacy, I think. There is a Star Wars board game ish. There's been a fair amount of speculation on the internet mm. because they think that in order to get this like on the market, mm. Fantasy Flight had to make some special backdoors with Hasbro. All right. So you might see some more mass market releases of something like X Wing miniatures or something like that. Yeah. Um, some a little bit of you know I'll give you a little bit of my license, you take me a little bit of my yeah. license. Everyone works out. Everyone gets rich in the end. So the, the the big one that they announced is Star Wars Imperial Assault. Yep. And this is a miniatures based game where you play like a rebels like a kind of like a rebel commando squad mm. infiltrating a rebel base like a imperial base. There's no yeah. reason you infiltrate <laughs> your own base, that doesn't make sense. So you That'd be cool. it's um similar to Descent, which is a, a dungeon crawler. Yep. Oh, so cool. essentially one play one player plays Imperial. Yep. And they're the guy that controls, you know, the stormtroopers and everything that's kind of happening in the environment. Yep. And an, uh, a few other players, up to four players, play the the you know the rebel commando squad, mm. who you know probably made up of you know a scoundrel type character, you know, a sniper, mm. some sort of massive Wookiee and a Jedi, <laughs> and you go in and you fight and you kill stuff and you can do like a big story campaign and you can also do like a squad versus squad kind of miniature stuff. That sounds cool. I'll definitely get that. Um, there's another one, yeah. which is uh, kind of like X-Wing Miniatures, but zoomed out. So as opposed to a dogfight, yeah. it's a big, massive kind of space naval battle. So you start using Star Destroyers. Oh. And with it, miniatures? Yeah, w- with miniatures. So or they're just smaller. Yeah. So instead of... Um, control one x-wing you could also have like a squadron of mm. x-wing which you get that are all you know one little miniature tied together yeah oh, okay so you get to do like a, a pretty different game and it involves a few different things which is really interesting as well so i'm guessing they're saving these up until star wars 7 comes out um i'm not sure exactly it's only gonna be next year yeah maybe they're getting um, ready i think it'll probably be out before then they announced it at gen con so i imagine it should be ready early next year or mid next year we're gonna be flooded yeah, there's, Star Wars for the next couple of years. There's so much stuff coming out. Hold on to your wallets. <laughs> when uh, Phantom Menace came out, I bought hundreds of dollars worth of figurines. Still in their packs. Even when they released the uh, Star Wars special edition at the cinema, 
like 15 whatever years ago mm -hmm. bought all them as well i mean i'm gonna run out of room and every now and then i buy star wars figurines um like special edition darth vaders and r2d2 that i i you know walk through target or kmart and i see and i'm like oh i've never seen this before and i just buy it so when those come out i have to <laughs> have to save up i think because i will buy all of them well, you, you don't you have to see whether the the movies are a travesty first. They won't be. Okay. They won't be. They'll be good. I I have faith mm -hmm. in J.J. Abrams. And I, I'm I'm going to be pretty interested what they do, um, in terms of of having like a a space heroine for once, because I know he took a lot of flack yep. for Star Trek, whereas the the girls in it were just like did nothing. Just walked around in short dresses, yeah, and occasionally said a few lines. I did read that recently that there were no girl characters in this new Star Wars film, and then they released some kind of sketch pictures of the girls that were in it, and they they looked like the Jedi's that were in the Attack of the Clones sort mm. of animated series. Yeah, it, it it seemed as to what was happening and why the internet started yelling about things. Well, the internet will yell about things pretty much no matter what. Yeah, that the cast was pretty much entirely male mm. apart from one or two characters um and oh, yeah. it, it's it's very possible that those one or two characters may play a more significant role yeah they should i don't understand why they're why you'd want to try and like put it towards male i mean though there's a, there's a reason and you know this is going on a lot with video games recently there's been a fair amount of furore about things being really heavy detailed towards um, male gamers mm. and those male gamers getting angry when things aren't really heavily targeted towards them. Let's not get into it. Well, they'll just look at who's who's buying it, who's spending the money. Yeah, and what, you know, if you target things towards, you know, young males, young males will buy it. Yep. And if you only target towards young males, young males are going to be the only ones who are really interested in it. Yep. And the people who aren't interested in it who are interested in it and aren't talked about, who are kind of left out of the story, feel left out of the story. So it's like a stalemate. I mean, if you branch out, your marketplace will branch out or open up. Mm -hmm. Do you keep it narrow? I mean, surely they would have done market research. Who buys these games? What do they like to see? Who do they like to play? What do they like to be in it? Here's all the information. They base a game on that. Mm -hmm. But you can't continually do that or nothing will expand or grow. And th that's one of the... Um, really great things about tabletop games is there are a lot kind of, you know, the triple A titles and stuff that are pretty much about, you know, guys with swords fighting each other. Mm. But um, even something like Dungeons and Dragons is really open and diverse in terms of, you know, different characters and genders and all different things you can play. Even like Ticket to Ride, I mean, you're, you're, you're laying tracks, you're not yeah. playing male nor female. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So with like video games, um, there's kind of like a whole casual market that has really boomed recently and they say that like most gamers now people who play games are female mm. because they're playing you know all those casual games that they've been left out of for 10 yeah. to 15 years yeah. and you know it's kind of a new market that's emerging and it's something that tabletop's been doing for ages instead of you know creating games about guys with swords or guys with lasers shooting each other they've done you know games about trains that anyone can play yeah i mean i was watching computer uh video game the movie documentary the other day and i was like i think that they said 52 percent of gamers are male mm -hmm. so we're nearly 50 50 i mean yeah but that's only changed you know 
reasonably recently. Mm. And there's, yeah, there's been some issues which I don't want to get into. Okay. Any, anything else you want to mention about Star Wars before we wrap it up? No. Next five years, Star Wars Christmas. Yeah. Can't wait. Yeah. It's going to be the best. Let's hope it is. It Let's hope be. we don't open it and there's just a piece of coal there. <laughs> nah, it'll be great. Uh, if you do want to contact us, which no one's done yet, but it's tablepoppop at yeah. gmail.com. Do, do definitely know, like, let us know what you think about the podcast, what you feel. If you've got any feedback or comments, we're, we're happy to take them on and make things better. Yeah, if you, if you have an idea for what we should uh, cover... Tell us, tell us if you like our quizzes, if you'd like us to quiz you. I enjoyed the quiz that you gave me last time, yeah. even though you tricked me. Yeah. And I enjoyed doing the quiz today. Yeah, I'd definitely do more quizzes or something like that. Do, did I um, earn wearing the Boba Fett helmet? No. Oh. Absolutely okay. not. Don't get near it. Um, okay, so roll high or go home. We'll see you next time. Pop, pop.